Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Science of the Southland. As always, my name is Akshay Ishwaran, and joining me from the beautiful city of Atlanta, Georgia, is once again a man who loves the Green Bay Packers, Mr. Jake Grant. How are you doing tonight, sir? You know, I was just one day, uh, instead of, as always, your name being Akshay Ishwaran, it was uh, something like... I don't know, not Akshay Ishwaran. That that really throw everybody for the loop, I think. Yeah. You know, I we try to be predictable on this show with our format and our discussion topics, but I got to say some of the results that we will be talking about today, uh, to segue a little bit, uh, we're, we're a little unpredictable, wouldn't you say? We have quite the, uh, the sampler platter uh, up for, for the good people of the internet to enjoy. It was quite a week for Georgia Tech. It was quite like a couple of days, too. Like, let's be real, like the last 48 hours because uh, of women's basketball and men's basketball and tennis. And it was, uh, you know, if you like your heart getting stressed and you like, uh, you know, really feeling it pump, you got to work out the last 48 hours. Dude, the lady racket jackets, they'll make you feel alive. They're, they're, they're not boring up there at Ken Byers, I'll tell you that. Yes, they will. Uh, they will certainly make you feel things. Uh, I will say. Um, so why don't we put? Let's get out our trusty handy dandy timer here. Why don't we put our usual thirty minutes on the clock and get started? What say you? Yeah, let's uh, let's get down to brass tacks. All right, and three, two, one. Here we go. Swim is up first. The women swept Vanderbilt to, uh, I don't think, either of our surprises. Uh, And then part of the team went and swam versus Alabama, along with the men's team. Uh, What happened? Do tell. Uh, Well, they're both at home. So uh, I think the whole women's team was there for both meets. But uh, we had Vandy on Saturday, Bama on Friday. Bama, quite good, actually, which is... uh, uh, not uh, not the worst thing in the world to have them on the schedule. Uh, a loss to Bama, as we all know, is quite uh, quite a way to prune up your schedule and your resume. Uh, and we ju- we did just that. The men and the women both took quality losses to uh, number sixteen and number eleven Bama, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see here that you have uh, the men winning 11 events uh, and also they won the 1,000 meters. So, you know, an interesting, interesting mix. I know they also posted three or four NCAA B cuts, so that's always good to have in the back pocket. Uh, what other things about this meet stood out to you? I I thought the whole premise of this meet was hilarious. Not from a, not from a haha, like good team, like the, they burnished their strength and schedule. That's awesome. I thought it was funny because not a lot of people know this. I, I imagine we as Georgia Tech fans know this because we love our esoteric history, especially on this podcast. But uh, mm-hmm. in Bama's fight song, they don't reference Auburn. They don't reference Tennessee. They reference that school in Athens, and they reference us. Uh, and, and in it they go, uh, send the Yellow Jackets to a watery grave. And, uh, well, is it bad to say, I guess? I guess they did that. Like I don't feel the the men's the men's team didn't win, but you know, eight point loss in a swim meet is eh. 
feels it's like a three point loss in a conference championship game in football. It's uh it's a moral victory. Or if anything, it's not it's nothing that'll tank your strength of schedule or your net or your RPI. Like this is just they got up, they got some good swims against a good team. The the usual suspects, uh Pampudis, Ferraro, Unlu, got their medals, they got their uh they got their B cuts. The, the more the merrier on that, I guess. And uh and yeah, I think the the best takeaway from this, or the most shocking takeaway for the men, was uh, Caleb Blischke, Blischke, however you say that. If you listen to this podcast, man, let us know. I'd love to be able to say your name right. Um, but he won the thousand, and uh, it's always great when we get to write about uh, about names outside of those big two or three. And uh, and on the ladies' side, they won the four free relay, and uh, against a top twelve team, top eleven team. You know, taking for for a uh, a program that has struggled to get the relay wins, and our women's team has. It's really good to see them contest these races with Florida State, with uh, with Bama, with Auburn, and take a relay or two uh, at each meet. And uh, I think that's I don't know. It yeah, they they got not blown out of the water, but it, it wasn't it wasn't quite as close as maybe an optimistic man would like. But uh, they still swam well. I, I don't know. It, it's again it's more than I would have seen out of last year's team. I like it. Again, quality loss. Quality yes. loss, dude. We 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 have loaded up on these SEC teams of late, the month of January, and uh, you know we we took our quality losses against Auburn and Bama, and uh, then the ladies' pants Vanderbilt. <laughs> I don't know. In some circles, that gets you a bit to the Outback Bowl. You know, well, uh, we, uh, I, I feel like a swimming bowl would be really weird. <laughs> it might just be, I mean, I feel like the Bahamas bowl is the spiritual swimming bowl. The, uh, I feel like it'd have to have like a slide race or like, uh, I mean, flip cup. I, at this point, you're just talking about a club swim meet, but, um, but yeah, no, it, it, it'd have to have something ridiculous in Mimi. Okay, Somebody, so, uh, I, so what I'm hearing is that we're doing the Outback Bowl and you're dressing up as the uh, Bloomin' Onion. I can't steal Ryan Nanny's bid. That, or bit. That, that's just sad. It's his thing. I'd, I'd, I'd never match up to that greatness. Okay, so you're going to be the, the other thing. The Crap, I forgot what the other thing is. I don't even know. I, honestly, coconut shrimp maybe? Coconut, I, I think it is shrimp. It's, it's shrimp in some way. Anyway, we're 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 gonna we're gonna sidestep that and move on to track. Uh, Nicole Fegan set a bunch of records uh, on. I think this was Saturday. Uh, she broke the Tech indoor five k record with a sixteen minute six second and fifty millisecond finish. Yes, I said that and phrased that poorly, but we're gonna roll with it. Uh, this was at the Carolina Challenge meet in uh, Columbia, hosted by South Carolina. Uh, she beat the previous record by about seven full seconds, and her 5K time was 10 seconds faster than her personal best. All stats provided by RamblinRec.com. Mr. Grant, please discuss. Uh, well, that's good. You want to see your good runners uh, running well. Um, this is very insightful, by the way. She's, she's been the, the anchor of that team for a good long while. Uh, I, I don't know... 
enough about how the rest of the country has been running uh, up to this point, just because, I mean, I cover tech and it's not on TV until we get to the ACC meet or something like that. But um, but no, it, it's good to see her running well. Obviously, these are substantial drops. And I mean, my hope, uh, and I think this is at least a little bit reasonable, is that uh, I'd, I'd be excited to see what she can do when she tapers into a championship meet. You're, you're using swimming terms and concepts and matching them to track, which is very interesting, interesting way to go about it. Although I guess track is just swimming, but on land. I think these are the only, like, otherwise we don't really have track swimming, like comparisons. There's nothing, there's nothing quite like either of the two. So they kind of have to be, at least in my head, the, the compatible with each other, at least for us to, you know chill our takes <laughs> fine fine all right let's move on to uh to golf uh, who plays seventh in the camp creek seminole invite this i think the last couple of competitions that they've been in we've noticed a bit of a drop off from their usual performance so what are we thinking um you know moving forward for this program uh, well, just because of the way golf is uh, scheduled, it, it's usually like a Saturday to a Monday or a Sunday to a Tuesday. So this this is actually the same tournament we were talking about last week, their first of the year. And when we talked about oh it, my like, God. it was still in action. Um, and it wasn't looking super great. Um, I, I hesitate to actually say mean things because I love this team and, and they're wonderful. And uh and they bring me lots of joy. But, uh, you know, this was an all-ACC field. And as still the, the reigning ACC champions, it's, it's, tough to, it's tough to see. You know, we, we lost a lot. But putting two of, our, uh, two of our guys in the top 20, that's better than they looked uh, on Sunday when we last talked about them. So I will, I will take it. Um, they, they started off in a bit of a hole. Um, they didn't dig down any farther, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's tough. They're they're still figuring things out, and and they didn't have uh, Noah Norton. Uh, I believe we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, not not the end of the world on that. I imagine it's pretty hard to dig holes with golf clubs, but I'm no expert. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll let you try and figure that one out yourself. Is that all right? I mean. Yeah. Divots aren't that big. I don't know how you'd get, I mean, you'd have to go pretty cartoony to hit, make a bit, pretty big divot. Well, it, here's the thing, looking at the scorecard from their, from their last round, um, I think presumably their best round, but I, I haven't dug into the second one yet. Uh, I, I just happen to have this one pulled up. They only had one double bogey all day. Uh, more bogeys than we're used to, but they, they didn't play that. They didn't play that bad of a round, frankly. Um, so I, I don't know. And they, they heated up as the as the round went on too. So I think it might just be they're young, they're new. A lot of these guys didn't get a ton of playing time last year. And uh, to paraphrase uh, the Bruce uh, Bruce Hepler podcast, I went to and listened to a couple weeks ago. Like when they're not playing at these invites as freshmen when they're when they're not starters right they're not like they're taking warm-up shots or or playing a practice round they have to be at home playing east lake 
You know, there, there's not a lot they can do. So as it's, it's not necessarily a trial by fire, but it's definitely a more learn on the job kind of role than, mm-hmm. than I think we give it credit for. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how they do this week uh, coming up at the Southwest uh, Southwest Invite, I believe it's called. Uh, but that's on the Golf Channel. If anybody out there listening wants to check them out, you can see them in person, and uh, hopefully they take that next step forward. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, let's move on quickly now over to volleyball. I know this is a little out of place in our document, but I wanted to bring this up before we get to the meat and potatoes of the schedule here. So volleyball did an interesting thing earlier today. They announced their spring schedule and then pulled the Instagram post that contained it. So we're not entirely sure what's going on there. But when we were talking about this earlier before we recorded, it looked like that schedule had one game versus every team that Tech hadn't faced so far, so hadn't faced in that uh, fall eight-game set. I think it was split five home, five away with a home game versus Pitt. Or no, it was visiting Pitt. And then they got Syracuse and Notre Dame at home, if I remember correctly. Obviously, considering they deleted the post, it's a little subject to change. But I think our initial predictions, initial feels about that schedule were pretty good. Like it's it's competitive. It's all in conference. I know there's a couple of neutral sites, but this is sort of the the gauntlet that you need for a team that's that wants to prove itself. Yeah, I uh, I think we also talked a little bit about this before we got on the air. Um, they kind of lucked out too. At least in the schedule that was posted, two of those road games weren't true road games. They were playing well. Virginia, I think at Pitt. So I think the Pitt game might be on the road. But, uh, I mean, obviously, it, it might be a little more helpful to play Pitt at Virginia, um, given the, the strength of those two teams. But, you know, Georgia Tech can play this from a position of strength, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're a good team. They have opportunities. But I think this will definitely be a more challenging uh, a more challenging road than we saw in the fall. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, right now, they're, I, I don't know how standings are going to be counted moving forward towards the tournament. But right now, they're sitting either a, a tied for the top or at the top of the ACC. So uh, you want to maintain that lead. You want to maintain that grip, especially when you know that Pitt, which is a traditional power in the sport, is a little vulnerable. Um, if you remember, they took that loss to Syracuse uh, in – actually, I think they got swept by Syracuse in that, in that series in the fall. So Yeah, I think they lost twice. Yeah, so you, you have – not necessarily a power vacuum, but there's definitely some room to take advantage of uh, team weakness and move into that upper echelon of uh, volleyball teams uh, rather than sort of the the mess of teams that are in the middle in the conference. So it, this this schedule puts them on a good path to, to getting there. Yeah. Um, out of all the years, we're finally seeing – some respect for Georgia Tech volleyball. We didn't see it in 2016. We definitely didn't see it in 2019. Uh, but 2020, 2021, we're ranked going into the season in this poll. We have the meat of our schedule that is left is a very good pit team, a very good Notre Dame team, Louisville, 
always in the mix. Syracuse, who has proven themselves to be a more interesting team than we've seen in the past this year. Georgia Tech will have the schedule. Um, also, I, I did notice, actually, as I was uh, flipping through channels before I turned this on, that there were Clemson non-con volleyball results in. So I think, um, to, to take a sharp left turn, we might uh, be a little bit preemptive on the schedule because maybe they can get uh, – I don't want to say Kennesaw because we all know how that went. Well, we probably don't all know how that went in 2019, but it didn't go well. Um, but, you know, we might pick up a non-con game here or there. But if you told me that uh, – because they, they used to play big games uh, in McCamish or Alexander Memorial. If they put a UGA Georgia Tech game in McCamish uh, some point this spring, that might be the hottest ticket uh, of any of any event of this. Even with the reduced capacity. Oh, for sure. Oh, I for mean, sure. even with, I mean, especially with the reduced capacity is what I mean. I think, uh, I think I'd be <laughs> camped out all day before that, uh, just to get in the building. But, oh, I don't know. We get to see them again, and uh, they're quite fun to watch. So, you know, it was, it's a bit of a light fall, a little bit of a sad fall in terms of sporting content here at uh, from the Rumble Seat, Georgia Tech. But uh, we, we get the added bonus of, getting another semester of watching uh, watching volleyball so there's also, that all of these all of these damn sports are on at the same time like the like we were we'll move on to women's tennis here in a bit i guess this is a good pl- good place to segue but we had yeah. women's tennis and men's tennis on at the same time i think yesterday and then and then they were quickly followed by women's basketball or, or men's basketball and then we had women uh, women's basketball today and this is, I guess, the part of the season that we love, or the part of the uh, NCAA calendar that we that we really love, when all of these things are going on at the same time. We're sort of able to just stick our head in the bucket and drink straight from the, like, I don't know, Bob for apples. If this metaphor is working, it's really not for me. Um, well, uh, we're, I mean, we're drinking from the f- sporting fire hose early on so far this year and i think that that's like a really fun part of the year dude wait three weeks and we'll have baseball and softball back too oh, oh boy yeah this will be it'll be a fun fun semester um even if you know going to games isn't super possible it's all on tv the crazy all... i was gonna say the crazy thing is too for once it's not golf leading the charge in the spring even though there's lots of options like women's basketball is a tournament team men's basketball is definitely talented enough to be a tournament team they both of these teams could be playing into march baseball is one of the best teams in the conference they're ranked in every poll in the top 20 that's three teams that we talked about and that doesn't hit on women's tennis who's now going to the ita indoors which we'll talk about more in a second men's tennis exciting young class golf it's essentially all brand new faces. Who knows what they could do? I mean, softball, which is which is primed to compete in a you know in a revamp schedule or a revamp roster with a with some new faces on the coaching staff, like we talked about last week. And you heard it right here, right now. I don't see there's any way as long as they taper into ACCs and get an A cut, and so they can send all their B cuts to the NCAA's. The men's team. If everyone gets in and qualifies, we'll probably be a top 20, top 15 NCAA finisher in swimming. 
See, I mean, it, it's a lot different, and we'll move on in a second. I know we're sort of gushing right now, but it, it's a lot different from one summer. I think it was it was like the summer of 2018 when there was just sort of a malaise, 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 malaise yeah. around. Yeah the entire athletics program. And we, we even sent in a question to Todd about this um, comparing the summer of, or the spring of 2018 to the spring of 2019 um, where there was just a massive uh, turnaround across the board. Um, And he, he just credited it to, you know, great coaching, great hires, better player development, um, and and a renewed investment in the, in the program, and we're sort of seeing the gradual fruits of that labor as we as we roll on here. Yep, I I would agree. I mean that, and the crazy thing is about that 2018 year, it had the it had a conference championship that the golf won conference championship, women's tennis went to the final four, but like outside of that, it was just not much, not much doing, and it's hard to feel connected to sports that are less accessible for people, golf in terms of, and tennis in terms of spectator and, and TV is, is just not what it was. And they've come a really long way, especially tennis uh, in, in the Twitter and like live stream and live stats department that, I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners do, but you know, we, we can tune in now and, or at least follow casually on Twitter. And I think that casual connection is what starts a a more critical, you know, appreciation for the, you know, our, our non-rev sports, the, the the tennises and the swimmings and the tracks of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk more about women's tennis. Like we mentioned, they, oh man, today's match versus Duke for the ITA indoor uh, kickoff was a barn burner. They dropped the doubles point. Uh, they dropped two of the doubles matches, but then, oh, and, and the hole got deeper after that. They, saying, no, 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 no. Before you say they dropped it, you got to frame it with Duke put their best two players on court three, traditionally the weakest of the two courts, in order to reverse stack the lineup in order to game their way to the doubles point and say, hey, maybe we have a shot on one and two and we can definitely win three rather than make all three, you know, competitive question marks. Yeah, I, I know you and former ho- uh, co-host Ethan were uh, not happy about the gamesmanship that went on there. No, that was – but we still won in the end. Um, but I'll let you keep – Yeah, let me let me set the scene here before you spoil – before you spoil the ending. So, Tech lost the doubles point. We went over that. They got crushed in, in both of those uh, doubles matches that they lost – uh, the first one that was on court one uh, went unfinished at four three. They lost like six one in on court two, and then they lost like six two on court three. So they more or less got got destroyed in the doubles point. And then we go on, we move on to singles. Um, and and keep in mind that uh, Duke has not stacked their singles lineup, so they're playing like first best versus first best, second best versus second best in singles. So Tech drops the first singles. Then Gia Cohen takes one of the singles matches, but then Tech, I believe, loses, what was it, two more, one more after that? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Shoot, I completely blanked. 
Um, anyway, I'll, I'll keep, you keep thinking, I'll keep moving. So they, they drop one more singles match. So what we now have is Tech versus Duke. They're, tie, they're at, I think it was three to two. You need four points to you know, win the, the match, or I don't really know what to call it, the win the day. Let's go with that. You need four points out of the seven to win the day. It goes down to three sets on both courts two and three. Yep. Uh, I think the the tech tennis player on court three was Vicky Flores. Uh, yes. And then you have Ava Frostar on court two. I probably did not pronounce that right. Uh, you know, let us know how to pronounce it. Um, it goes into third sets in both matches. Vicky Flores is able to wrap up hers uh, coming back from a first set loss. She wins the second set and then takes the third set. But it was very close. I think at one point it was... She was also uh, down 4-1 or 5-1 in the third set. Yeah, she was down 4-1 and then tied it up at 4-4, then got it to 5-5, and then took took the victory, uh, I think, 7-5 after a tiebreaker. So then it comes down to Ava... Ava in at court two. Let's set the scene and what happened on court two. First set, uh, I think the Duke's tennis player had a six or one six one. Six two. Second six two. Close enough. In the second set, the Duke Duke was ahead five zip. You need six points in this case to win the set. Duke was ahead five zip. Frostar storms back to take the second set, and Duke has an epic meltdown in the process, and then plays an incredibly tight third set. I think at one point it went to five. It was tied at five five when we started tuning in, and we, I mean, we had to go find the stream for this halfway through the uh, the Bucks Packers NFC Championship game because this was way more interesting to watch. Well, we thought um, we didn't even get it. <laughs> yeah, for a second there. <laughs> and so, so Crossar, uh, I, I don't remember what the tiebreak point was, but they, it's a back and forth and back and forth. And then finally, Crossar uh, was able to break the Duke's player uh, or break Duke's player's advantage and secure that last tiebreaker point, which won the match for Tech. Yep. It took like. It took like three hours of gameplay or whatever, but Tech basically clawed back from an almost unwinnable position to secure this match, and it was wonderful to watch. This is a good, this is a stacked Georgia Tech women's tennis team. I I don't I don't watch a lot of tennis, so I can't comment effectively. So I will leave you to analyze here. I think the most important thing to caveat the end of this is four of those players of our uh, of our seven main that see see playing time in singles and doubles are freshmen, true freshmen, not freshmen who were here last year and are still freshmen by eligibility. These are girls in their still second weekend of collegiate tennis that just pulled that off against the number six team in the country. Oh, and they fought. They, this is after playing. Uh, who was it? Memphis yesterday to almost the same position. South Carolina. It, South Carolina yep. Fine. 
they played South Carolina to basically the same point where it came down to the final singles match. To a third set in the final singles match. It was they played back to back barn burning close games. And like we said, like we said in the oh. open, this uh this team will uh will really give your heart a workout. Yeah, the uh the jackets against two top fifteen teams being about as green as any well-regarded team in the country played two very um, uh, games that you would expect not immature in like the haha immature but, you know, young, like the, young the, and inexperienced you would expect yeah. a more experienced team to know how to close these out and duke didn't do that today and we did and south carolina didn't do that yesterday and we did I I know our lead into this, but was was poor because I'm not a good storyteller. But the the fact of the matter is tech is tech is ranked number 12. They beat number six, Duke. They beat number 14, South Carolina yesterday. The uh, what this means is that they advanced to the ITA indoor championships, which I believe are uh, made up of eight teams total. And that's in two weeks just for this year. It's eight teams. Usually it's 16. Uh, thanks for that mention. Um, however, they do have four matches coming up this week as they sort of uh, prep and continue competing. Um, Auburn, Kennesaw, UAB, and Georgia State. I don't have on my shot sheet here if those are all at home, but if they are, pretty nice. Yeah, I uh, I know the the state match on Tuesday – and the doubleheader UAB and Kennesaw are, let me see if I, oh, I do have it pulled up. Sweet. Um, we play Auburn at home on, uh, on I assume January 31st. Cause it was either, it was uh, scheduled to be either the 31st or the fifth. Um, the fifth is the first day of ITA indoors in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So it looks like Auburn will be in town uh, next Sunday. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, it's something to something to keep an eye on. I think this is a chance for another special year, like uh, like 2018, 2017, 2018. So, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to more uh, seeing more of this team. Yeah, I love the uh, love the recruiting class from Coach Harmon. It's great to see them play in person, or not in person, but you know, live and for Tech. Um, and uh, it'll be it, we're very lucky to you know, three years after we had a, our last amazing run to be seeing a team that is essentially rebuilt and reloaded despite uh, a key transfer, despite basically all that team, except for Kenya Jones and Victoria Flores being graduated or gone in some form or the other. Like this is, this is the, the reloaded Georgia tech women's tennis team. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, I, I, I'm buying stock early, personally. I'm I'm throwing some, uh, really investing, buying a lot of uh, buying a lot of calls in this team. Yeah, a lot more uh, of a quick payoff than having to wait for uh, your calls on or my calls on women swimming and diving to come in at some point here. But uh, you you just should have bought GameStop stock. <laughs> didn't uh, didn't Reddit break that stock on Friday or Thursday? Uh, just you know, casual market manipulation. It happens. Mm, yeah, that's 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 how that goes, I guess. 
All right, we're we're gonna go into ten minutes of stoppage time here. Let's talk about women's basketball real quick. They went undefeated the last couple games. So that's two and zero oh versus Wake and Florida State. Uh, I caught most of both of these games, uh, other than the fact that the Wake game got a little boring in the middle and I fell asleep. But when I woke up, it was an absolute boat race and clinic uh, by Georgia Tech near the end there. Um, but with the FSU game, that one was a little bit more interesting. That one, a lot more back and forth, a lot closer, came down to turnovers and making shots at the right time. And, you know, things that we typically give the men's team, and we'll talk about them in a bit, men's team a little bit of grief for. But I think Tech, Tech's women's team has had the experience, has sort of the maturity at a lot of the positions to um, – overcome those mistakes and then close that game out um, earlier today. Uh, we, I just want to mention before I let you chime in here, Sarah Bates was injured in that game earlier today versus FSU uh, reports from our friends at jackets online mentioned that it was an ankle sprain um, and she will be back for the next game. Uh, good for her because that did, that spill looked uh, a little nasty. Uh, yeah, and she was down for a bit there. Yeah, I was going to say it took a bit to get her off the uh, ground. And yes, congrats to uh, Jackets Online for covering women's basketball. It's a Oof. big thing. We love having you in here. Um, but no, they looked they they took care of business and and uh, you know throttled a, a Wake Forest team. It it got a little closer in the end uh, in that one than it probably could have. And I thought it was very interesting uh, listening to the. I, I, if I can watch these games um, over the radio or in person, I try to do that. Watching watching games over the radio because radio is a visual medium. Yes, exactly. That's why you get to see my lovely face when we do this podcast. But exactly. Uh, but no, it was interesting listening to a different perspective uh, on the on the TV, um, talking about how when you're playing uh, or watching uh, our our two bigs play, uh, Nira Hamosa and uh, Lorella Kubai. The expectation or, or, or the weight is for when they're going to get a double double, but it's not from okay they're going to get five baskets or, or, or you know however you get to ten points. It is you know they're going to lock down ten rebounds. It's just a matter of when do they get when do they get those ten points, right? Um, and I think that's really interesting because you see that play out against a team that, well, compared to a meh Wake Forest team is a a solid Florida State team. They're ranked last year. They got some players that can really play, that can shoot, that can, you know, box out, whatever. And Georgia Tech staked a claim on each glass, offensive and defensive. Mm -hmm. And they made them they made their presence known, right? Um and, and obviously the Wake Forest game, it, it was a talent mismatch, right? Georgia Tech mm -hmm. should have and did win that game. But against Florida State, that's not that's not as much of a gimme. And what Georgia Tech did is played an aggressive an aggressive brand of basketball. And much like the men's team has been able to like learn to do and be able to do, they shared the ball. They were effective from well, if Sarah Bates hadn't gone out, they might have put five people in uh, in double figures. And that is that is the mark of a team that plays together as a team. Well, if you're if you have to put the team on somebody's back and have them score 40 points in order to have a prayer of winning, 
that's not the team I, I want to be a part of. I love watching this team play because they're exciting on both ends of the floor and they all can score. Everybody on the floor is a threat. We've and that's not that to before. that's not to mean that they don't have the star power too. Like I, I think we saw that in in the Florida State game, especially in the middle of the third quarter and close to the end of the fourth quarter. Kara Fletcher just sort of takes the ball and goes off and does her thing, right? Yep. And, and and that sort of hero ball. I, I think we when it comes to the men's team, and again we'll get to them. Um, I'm about we, to have we, a take on that. <laughs> yeah, we have a different. We have like a weird, interesting take for the men's team because when they try it, sometimes like the chances of success are interesting. But when when Kira Fletcher does it, more often than not, she's able to put it together and be effective and just really galvanize this team as that senior leader um, into into producing and closing out these games. And it's happened a couple times now this season, and that's why. That before, she, when she was out those first five games, we made it such a big deal about when is she going to come back because she adds that element to this to this team and, and um, makes it a better unit as a whole. Yep, I agree. It, it's it's clear she's a veteran. But And again, on the star power thing, Loda Mylotnin, great player. Can, mm-hmm. can put the mm-hmm. team on her back. Kira, can put the team on her back. Loyal McQueen is going to be awesome. Very good. The rest of this very, year, very good. Four years, maybe four after that. Fantastic. I have no complaints about that either. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be very interesting. I think Nelf Warner has set up that program for a lot of sustained success. Uh, just yeah, to recap that was higher that we didn't really know about. And I think it's at least so far with very similar uh, parts that previous staffs had had doing all the better to recruit, all the better to make the results happen on the floor. And, and yeah, taking advantage of a, a somewhat of a power vacuum in the ACC. But you know what? It's ours to take. Men's basketball can do the same thing this year. It's, a, it's an exciting time to be a fan at McCamish. All right. You, you segued right into it, and we are running out of stoppage time here. Let's talk some men's basketball to close it out. They beat Clemson, I think, in what was basically a boat race, but then lost close to Virginia. Clemson was ranked number 20. They're having a, you know, they're tweeting through it right now. Um, UVA, UVA has been doing okay. Um, You know, it's a weak year for the ACC, but UVA still still win games. Um, Give me your quick one-sentence summary of this UVA game, which is definitely the more important of the two. 32 minutes of victory. Oof. That, that, we, that hurts me. 32 like, minutes of winning basketball. That is what we got. So that's eight minutes, eight minutes of uh, basketball. Yeah. Well, in the end, guarding Hauser was a problem. Uh, Getting dribbling into into traps and and struggling to make things happen on offense was a problem it, to which players reacted with, "All right, it's time to do something." And frankly, I don't I don't blame them. Like they, they're going into one of the best defenses from perhaps the best defensive mind in, in all of basketball and feeling smothered. But it's a lot different than Brian Gregory's team putting up what twenty eight points in forty minutes against the same Tony Bennett. Defense. Can we not talk about that, please? I mean, I. I was. I'm pretty sure I was there. It was not fun. 
it sucks to say that like, well, this is better than any tech team we've seen in recent years against this program or this coach or but also but it's, <laughs> but, but it's so frustrating if you would have told me in hindsight hey you're gonna play virginia super close you're gonna look like you could hang with them and handle parts of their game and you're gonna lose by two i've probably been like okay or, or to the me walking away from last year's virginia game i would have been like shoot that sounds like a great deal compared to this <laughs> but it's just the way they got there i i think oh, we've yeah. said this before too right it's the the result, the end result is acceptable. It's palatable, palatable, palatable. Uh, but uh, the, the end result is palatable. But the way that they got there is just frustrating. As a, as a tech fan, that's a long-suffering tech fan. I think you can call both of us now. Like You want to see them be good, and you know that they have the tool set to do so. And you've seen them be good. They beat a ranked Clemson team, for what it's worth. It's just that they couldn't put it together. They couldn't close it out. And I think that's what we mean when we say – when we're contrasting them to the women's basketball program and saying, you know, hero ball works for Kiara Fletcher effectively with a, you know, when the two teams are evenly matched, but it doesn't work as well for Michael DeVoe sometimes. And I think specifically in this game, it didn't work out sometimes for him. Um, that's, that's sort of what we're talking about. It's, it's that it's something about something there is just missing to where they, they have trouble closing these types of games out. I think, when we were talking earlier, you said once you once UVA got the four points up, you knew it was it was done. It was game over. Yeah, I mean, and and I think some of that has to do with the talent differential, the pure talent differential between a Michael DeVoe and your average Virginia, whoever is guarding him, is going to be a heck of a lot closer. I don't care how many stars Michael DeVoe was than Kira Fletcher versus some FSU player, right? That's fair. I, I, I think it's stratified enough that, you know, you're, you're playing a proven one of the best teams in the country. Tony Bennett is going to do a good job coaching his team. Any one of them. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to, it's hard to rely on one person to fix that, but I'm not going to harp on that. And I know, I know Moses Wright has been getting a bunch of do love for a bunch of his successes this year, but I, I want to give Jordan Usher a pat on the back for what he did this week. I think mm-hmm. he, had, I think he was the player of the week for, for the men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree. Just I, uh, to fin- I was going to say, I would like to add one more thing. Go for it. Wasn't goaltending. I, <laughs> I need Uh-oh. to get that off my chest. People Uh-oh. Refereeing controversy again. Uh, but it is what it is. You know, if that goes one way, then who knows what it changes the rest of the game. So ifs and buts, candy and nuts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Merry Christmas. Uh, just to wrap up the basketball portion, since the ref is letting us play a little bit longer than stoppage time entails, um, women's basketball, they are up uh, in Miami or down at Miami, I guess, uh, on the 28th at 6 p.m. Uh, and then they'll play, they'll host. Hughes on the 2nd of February. No time released for that. Uh, men's basketball uh, plays Duke at home on the 26th at 9 p.m., which I feel like is a must-win game. Uh, and then they also host FSU on the 30th at 4 p.m. Women's basketball, like we said, firmly in the tournament. Actually, I don't know if we said it, but there it is. They are firmly in the tournament before today's game. They were projected to be a nine seed versus eight seed Alabama in the first round. Uh, men's basketball is uh, not was not listed on the tournament field. 
I still think they're on the bubble. They need all the wins that they can get, and the Mercer loss still hurts. Uh, this thing, just to sort of wrap it up, men's basketball, you can very easily see a pass for them to be like a 9-2, and two, a 10-1 and one team. Um, if, yeah. And they just are 7-4. and four. And, like, again, frustrating. But you know that they can put it together. Like, you see the, you see the little – pieces and you have you know faith that they can put it together um, we have a little faith that they can put it together at the end of the way yeah i will add one thing um the men have about 10 or 11 games left on the schedule i did the counting last night i forget what it was um but you know they're seven and four now they could go nine and two over the the, the last 11 games on the schedule unless they you know slot some back in that were were canceled or whatnot but there is a path for this team to beat Duke twice this year, to beat Notre Dame, to beat Syracuse, to, you know, like. Be careful about calling those shots before they, you know, before they happen. But these, these are, the ACC is anybody's ball game this year. That last Mm -hmm. night's results shouldn't turn anybody off from the the brand of basketball this team is playing. They're experienced. They want to win. It's gonna, like, hold out the hope. Keep the faith. I think we can get a we can get a, a buy again this year, and and who knows what happens after that. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Grant, that about wraps it up for today. Um, any any last last points before we move on, or, or you know, end for the day? Have a nice last week of January. It's very weird that it's already the end of January. Very very weird, and yet also you know, it's been it's been a long last year in general so maybe it's welcome yeah well if you've gotten the vaccine out there congrats if not hopefully you get it soon and uh, we'll see you again next week all right we will see you again next week listeners thank you for listening talk to you soon